this weekend. Appreciate Brother Davis and his family for allowing us to be in their home on yesterday evening. I had some pinto beans and some rice okay. and some and some good old meat and up in that now I just lost my mind. <laughs> I was looking for the bed. Had a great time at the house. And I well I tell you I felt so much at home I was looking for the couch. I, I just wanted to let you know how much we appreciate you and appreciate the congregation. Boy, I tell you, y'all, y'all just seem like y'all just love the Lord and, and, and are happy about being a Christian, happy about being a follower of Jesus Christ. And, and y'all love, y'all love to study. Y'all love what the Word teaches, and y'all, y'all love to get into the Word and to see what God uh, has to say on the matter. And, and that is a beautiful thing. And so, Freddie and I look forward to coming up here and being with you all and sharing with you all uh, concerning those things which be of Christ Jesus. It's good to have a family away from home whereby you can just feel at home. And as that song was, as that song was being sung on, on this morning, uh, I, just, I just stopped singing. I, I just had to stop singing and just listen and just let my head just wave in the wind, you know, and, and just enjoy being ministered to. And y'all show sure enough ministered this morning. As a matter of fact, you all, you all, you all taught each other. Y'all encouraged each other uh, on this morning. And that's the design for New Testament Christianity, uh, that you be encouragers of each other. That's the reason why the Bible says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. Uh, as a matter of some is because we all need each other in the holy faith. And we all need that personal contact. Uh, with each other in order that we might continue to grow uh, in the Lord. Uh, appreciate this, uh, this theme that you all have concerning uh, family enrichment, family enrichment, uh, family emphasis month, and, and adding the avenue of discipleship. Uh, discipleship is something, unfortunately, that we have gotten away from uh, in the church. We have gotten away from that. Uh, as I've said before, we have more of a, a church building mentality Christianity than a discipleship mentality uh, when it comes to Christianity. Discipleship means that you are vesting in somebody else's life. It means that you are involved with each other. It means that you care about each other enough to spend time with each other, whereby we can learn from one another those things which would be pleasing to God. And so that's something that the church needs to uh, constantly be aware of. As a matter of fact, from Acts chapter 2 on, you'll find that the people were together in the Lord. And in the process of that, they were discipling each other. They were discipling each other in order that each other might become more of what God would want all of us to be. This morning, I want to, um, I want to say continue my study. Uh, as we started this morning, I want to talk about something here uh, with regard to marriage. Now, uh, marriage, so goes marriage, so goes family. So goes family, so goes church. And so marriage is something that is important. Marriage is something that we need to look at from God's perspective and not the perspective of this world. If you look at things from the perspective of this world, it would not be any uh, doubt in your mind as to why things are messed up. All right, marriages are messed up. Folk don't want to get along with each other. As a matter of fact, folk don't even like each other, more or less love each other. And so what we're doing this month and that, that you all have been doing is that you've been talking about those things which are of great importance, especially when it comes to family life. You see, here's the thing. Uh, if you're not feeling good in your marriage, you're not going to feel good in the church. You just won't. You won't feel good uh, worshiping the Lord. How are you going to uh, worship the Lord in peace when you're looking at your, your partner and you're growling at him? Hmm? How are you going to do that? If things are not going well in your home life, how are you going to enjoy being together saying, I love the Lord? It's just not going to happen. And so it's, I'm so glad that uh, Brother Davis and the vision that he has, that you all are taking the vision upon yourself to talk about those things which are of great importance unto us. The text of our lesson is going to be taken from the book of Matthew, 
chapter 19. Now I'm going to get from up here and just do my thing. Okay, is that all right? All right. Uh, Matthew 19. We're talking this morning about, because see, I like, to, I like to look at you in your face. I like to get close to you. Uh, because see, when you get close to a person, you'll, you'll tell whether they're with you or not, you see. Uh, uh, because we get behind that pulpit and, you know, y'all seem so far away, you know. I feel like I'm just talking at y'all. I want to talk to you. Is that all right? I, I just want to talk to you. We all family, all here together. Ain't nobody here but us. And so we can, we can just talk. Is that right? And, and so, so we, can, we can deal with those areas in our lives that, uh, that, that needs to be talked about. Some things that uh, some of us might be thinking about. Some of us are, are, are pondering why our relationship is the way it is. We're, we're pondering when we look at our partner, are you really the one I really wanted? Are you really the person that's going to really help me to become and be what I ought to be? in the sight of God. Are you that one that, when, I, when, I, when, you, when you look over at your partner, and I, and I use my wife, Ferdine, as an example in a lot of my lessons when I do this, and like I said before in the other um, audience, I have to be very careful on how I use Ferdine in my lessons. Because if I say the wrong thing, and she's she going to come to me afterwards and say, son, we need to talk. And that's happened before, Brother David. It's happened before. So I'm very careful about how I do things. And so, so when I look at the subject here, the glue that holds us together. See, when I, when, I, when I married this lady here, I married her, I said, for better or for worse. For richer, for, uh, for poor. And sick. <laughs> Y'all stop laughing now. Y'all are going to stop laughing. Y'all stop now. In sickness and health. Is that still part of the vows? Yeah. yeah. Until death do us part. And so when I made that vow, when we made those vows, whether we wanted to accept them or not, those were realities. All right? And so we, we're spending the rest of our lives fulfilling what those vows were talking about. It was not something that was just said. It was something that was introducing us to the rest of our lives. But so then when we look at things from that perspective, what is this glue? What is this bond that's holding me and my wife together? Because it makes no sense, Brother uh, uh, Davis, for me to be up here talking about the glue that holds marriage together. And my marriage is toe up. See, I couldn't allow Brother Davis to allow me to preach on this subject if my marriage is all messed up. I'm a hypocrite. I'm a hypocrite. So, so in the process of doing that, like I said, Brother Davis gives me a lot of time. He did give me a month this time to get this together. So he said, now listen, so, so, so when I looked at this subject matter here, and, I, and, and every now and then I look at uh, my notes, and then I have to look at my wife. I look at my notes, I look at my wife. Look at my notes, look at my wife. And I said, are they two meeting up? Are they meeting? Mm -hmm. and, and sometimes I ask my wife the questions. You might think I'm crazy for asking the question that I ask. And so I ask the question because I'm in this part of my notes, and I'm saying, do she really believe that I am what I claim I am? Because it makes no sense. See, I'm, I'm up here preaching, and see, she says, son, you need to sit down, you hypocrite. I can't do that. Because afterwards, she's going to show me really how hypocritical I really am. So I said to myself, listen, I, I, when I come up here and preach a lesson like this and talk about the glue that holds marriage together, I better make sure that glue is there. All right? So, Sebastian, when you go get hitched up in, okay. <laughs> is that all right? <laughs> man, ain't no time not to be <laughs> You all right, man? Uh, so when, you get, when you get hitched up, man. I want you to, with all of the good teaching that you're getting from your father and everybody else that has come along that has given you good, I want, when, when you decide that there is a young lady out there worthy of your love. <laughs> who's worthy of your love? Who's worthy of your commitment to Christ? Who's worthy of your faithfulness to Jesus? I want her to be right. I want her to be what she ought to be, Brittany. Oh, no. <laughs> well, we was all right when we were talking about brother being over here, but it's, we're going to talk about you. Go 
All right. See that? See that? I didn't worry, brother. See that? As long as we talk about the brother. Yeah, y'all talk about the brother. Everything get straightened out. Brothers ain't no good anyhow. Talk to him. Get somebody else to talk to him there. Oh, yeah, but we talked about the sister here. Oh, Lord. Now we're calling on the Lord. Y'all yeah. stay with me on this, okay? Stay with me there. Yeah, yeah. See, so, 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 so when I look at Brittany, she, she's a woman who is, is trying to get her career together. She, 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 she's trying to better herself. She's investing in herself. I want to know that the guy that she is going to, I said guy, male. I'm trying to help. I'm trying to help. I want that man to know who it is he's with. I, I want her to know that he is with somebody who's precious. Who, somebody who spent time developing herself in order that she can be a blessing not only to herself, but to him. That, okay. Who is getting good to me? When, 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 I, when, I, when you do that, again, I'm, I'm talking about the glue now. I'm talking about the glue. When, when, when I, I mean, so when I, when, I, when I look at Brittany and, I, and I, all this stuff, she, she, she's academically astute. That's a good word, isn't it? I like that. <laughs> all these different things. She has poured over so many things, and she spent time with the Lord, which is greater than all of her academic pursuits because that is going to be fleeting, but there's an eternity she's going to have to deal with. Oh, y'all not with me? All right, all right. I want her to know that when she finds Mr. Right, when she finds Mr. Right, that he is all right. Is that all right? So we want to talk about the glue. That whole, how much time I got left, man? I'm just trying to get at my introduction, man. I'm trying to get <laughs> so the glue, this glue, this glue that holds marriage together. Now, the text of our study is found in Matthew 19 and verse 6. So it's a verse that you have heard many times before, okay? What God. What God. I should have put on it how that verse actually is. What comma therefore. Is that right? What comma therefore. God has glued together. Let no man separate. What are we talking about there? Well, Marriage, as we said before, is of God. Marriage is something that was invented, created, and dictated by God. He is the author of it. Man did not do this. God did this. Man does not have the right to mess up what God has put together. Man does not have a right to even dictate what God has said. But God is the one who has the right to exclaim everything that he's talking about. When you look at it then, marriage is of God. Now that word here, I love this word that's used for the word joint, and it's that word there. We, some well, sister I had before actually showed me how to pronounce that word, but I ain't going to try it. I tried to get Brother Davis to do it. He said no. Uh, so... so. This word there for yoked, to, and, and as we said before, there's two oxen. You know, some of y'all remember, some of y'all who, who grew up in the country? Okay, nobody is in the country. But <laughs> some of them who grew up in the country and, and saw these two oxens and that was pulling a plow, a guy behind it go, whoa, and, just, and he's all in that dirt and he's getting dirty and the cows, just, these, these oxen looking at him like he's crazy. And so, so you find that these two oxens that together, that thing, that, 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 that apparatus, that joined the two together is called the yoke. And so Jesus, when he was talking to these farmers in that day, he said, now listen, what God has yoked 
or joined together, man must not be allowed to separate. So when we look at here, he said, when he looked at the story, when he looked at the narrative here, he says, in the beginning, God made them male and female. You and I don't have a right to change the order. You know, there ain't no such thing as man to man or male to male or female to female. In this world, it might be all right, but in the sight of God, it's not right. He made from the beginning male and female, and it's a brazen thing for anyone to pull them apart. So when we look at the fact of being yoked together, we're looking at something that is designed by God in order to hold a people together. So when we look at the fact of the thing called an adhesive, an adhesive glue, what is an adhesive? An adhesive is that which holds two things together. But as I said to the class this morning, have you ever noticed, some of you look, get the item like crazy glue, which holds everything? But it's something I noticed about crazy glue, my brother. If you look on the back of crazy glue, crazy glue does not hold everything together. As good as crazy glue is, you put crazy glue between your two fingers, you're not going to loosen it. It's going to keep you glued until you find some acetone to be able to separate it. There are certain things that certain glues will not hold together. But the Bible says that God is the one that holds marriages together. So I asked myself the question then, if God is the one that's holding things together and people's marriages is not being held together, where is the problem? Well, here's something about glue. Glue will only hold together that which it is able to adhere to. There are certain things that it just won't adhere to, and the problem is not the glue. The problem is in the properties of that which is being tried to adhere to. See, so when the Bible says that God, oh, y'all look at me strange now. When, when, when we talk about God being that which has joined marriages together or two people together, and the marriages are not allowed to be together, there's a problem in the two people. Because there might be a chemical property, there might be an anatomical property in those two people that is not allowing an adhesion to take place. Here we go. So when we look at it then, when we look at the fact of this fact of the principle, what is the principle? A principle is something that is taken away from a truth. Okay? A principle, something that is taken away from the truth. Something that's drawn out, I should say, from a truth. When you look at the Bible in 1 John chapter 1, verse 7, that, that, now y'all need to turn there because that's where we're going to spend some time at this morning. In 1 John chapter 1, verse 7, I'm gonna, we're going to deal with a truth and then we're going to draw a principle from that. In the context, marriage is not the subject, Okay? Marriage is not the subject. So for all of you uh, Bible scholars and those who are uh, Bible, uh, whatever, okay, right? Uh, this, in the, 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 the general thesis of the text is not talking about the marriage. But in principle, we can draw a narrative from this text that is going to hold, that's going to help us in dealing with marriage and this glue that God is able to apply in order that you and I might be able to stay together as husbands and wives. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 1, verse 7, what does the Bible say, my brother? But if we walk in the light. But if we walk in the light. Is that still in your Bible? If we walk in the light. Uh-huh. As, as he is in the light. As he is in the light. We have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, and the blood of Jesus Christ his, son cleanses, his son cleanses us from all sin. Now, the truth of the matter here is John is talking to a people concerning what God has done for us in Christ Jesus. In, in the text of scripture, he's talking to a people concerning the fact that God is the one that is able to keep us together when it comes to unity in the body. In principle, he's talking there to a people 
that he's trying to help them to understand that if we do things God's way, we keep that connection between us and God. And not only that, the connection between each other. All right. That's the principles that can be found in that text. So he says, if we. All right. Now, let's look at it. If we. Now, we have all the stuff available for those of you who are not taking those. We have all the stuff available. If we, that statement that if we comes from a statement to where it might be some doubt. All right. If we walk, the word walk there means to how you conduct yourself. Okay. How are you conducting yourself as an individual? If we walk in the light, the word there is phos, P-H-O-S. It comes from a word, phos, light. Fos. This is my, okay, here. Fos. <laughs> Woo, I love it. I love her, I love her. Uh, Fos, it, it's really in, in, in the text of Greek. In the text of Greek, it's always talking about that which causes a revelation to exist. All right? That which causes a revealing. Light is something that if dark, see, the thing about light, Light and dark cannot stay in the same place. Why is there no darkness in here? Because you have light. You take the light away, you get darkness. He says here, if we walk in that light, the light being the good news of Jesus, the light being those things which come from God, light has always been referred to that which is true, that which is good, that which is audibly, that, that which is able to be seen for what it really is. If we're walking in the light, we're walking in a way where we are not in a state of confusion. If we're in the light, we're walking in the way whereby we see the essence of a thing. We see a thing as it really is. The problem that causes marriages to break up is that we're not seeing things as it ought to be seen. If we walk in the light, as he is that like John 8, verse 12, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. He that followeth after me shall not what? walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. So he's, as he, we have, the next part of the verse says, we have, we have, that's in the positive, that's in the affirmative. We have, we possess it, we hold on to it. We have what? Fellowship one with another. Now here's the fellowship part. Let me go, okay. We have fellowship one with another. That word fellowship that is used there is something that causes a commonality. All right? And as a result of that conjunction, the blood of Christ cleanses us from all our sins. Now somebody's asked the question, well what that got to do with marriage? has everything to do with marriage, has everything to do with marriage. Because if I am walking in the light and my wife is walking in the light, guess what? We stay in fellowship with each other. The problem is, is when one of us gets out of the light and we want to do our own thing. Therefore, what happens is you put a strain in the marriage because light and dark cannot be in the same house. Marriage, the glue then that holds marriages together is our ability to adhere to God's word. And so when you look at it then, this marriage that, that we need to talk about, the Bible says cleanses us from all of our sins. Now, as we look at, okay, I see I'm putting all this stuff up there. I want to deal with all this stuff, but I don't have time to deal with it like I want to. Because Brother Dave's giving me a little bit of time here. All right. Here's the principle. Here's the principle of 1 John 1, 7. When we look at it, God is the center of everything. All right? If God is not the center, you're going to have problems. Because if you, go, if you look around at what goes on in this world, there is so much confusion, nobody agrees with anybody. Okay? God is at the center. And then he have here, on this side, we have man. 
That's the husband, okay? The husband, all right? I say again, the husband. <laughs> the husband. We have God. We have, we're talking about principle now, a principle. We have God and we have the husband. Then we have the woman, as I always say to my wife, the wife, okay? We have God, the man, the woman. According to 1 John 1, 9, there needs to be a bond between man and God. If this bond between man and God exists, there is a fellowship that is there. If there, there also should be a bond between a woman and God. If that bond exists, there is fellowship there. Now, here's the problem. Or here's the issue. As long as these two bonds are in effect, there will automatically be a bond here. That's your principle. Okay? So what we need to do when we're talking about the glue that holds marriages together is to ensure that these two people are doing what God says in order that they too can stay together. And therefore, you have the glue. The problem that it results is, is that one or the other is out of kilter. Not with this person, but with God. Because as a Christian, as a Christian, your first relationship is not with your spouse. Keep that in mind. Your first relationship is not your spouse. Your first relationship is God. Whatever you're doing wrong here is because of what you've done wrong here. Oh, y'all not with me yet. I see what I mean. You're not with me. So, so if we want to keep this together, because there's a whole lot of factors in this part here, as long as I and my wife is deciding that God is going to be number one in my life, then this is going to be together. That's your glue. Any marriage you find that is not working or breaking up, I guarantee, as a Christian, as a Christian, I guarantee you that one or the other has broken this bond. One or the other has broken the bond. So we often talk about these things and what the bond that holds marriages together. We say, it's love, it's distant. No, 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 no. It's your relationship to God. Why in the world are you going to tie yourself up with someone who does not have a relationship with God? It is a recipe for disaster. Let me say it again. It's a recipe for disaster when you don't want to hold on to somebody who loves the Lord. Amen. Oh, I, if I was to go into other class that we have, I'll show you some more things that we have here. Now, here we go. When we look at this, here's the process. Now, <clears throat> a lot of times we look at the fact of marriage breaking up. Marriage breaks up before marriage actually happens. Let me say it again. Marriage breaks up before marriage actually happens. Why is that so? Because if the process of a Christian trying to get to marriage is messed up, guess what? You have messed up your marriage before you even started. Now, marriage by itself is called as a merger. But if that merger is not based upon the principles of God, then you don't have a merger. You have a mess. Here we go. Dating. Dating. <laughs> Amen, somebody. As I said to class before, you date who you are. You're not going to date somebody that you are not. You're not, oh. You date who you are. And you will marry who you are. So if you don't like who you marrying, guess what? Okay, all right, 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 all right. The dating process. See, there's a process that leads to marriage that we oftentimes overlook. All right. Now, I know in other countries where, whereby um, the mother and father arranges the marriage, uh, that those marriages work. 
And I ask myself, Brother Davis, why is it that those marriages work? It's because of culture. It's culture. Everybody in that country is doing the same thing. But you're not there, not in the, you're not over there, you over here. Where everybody does their own thing. And when everybody does their own thing, guess what? If your thing ain't my thing, we in trouble. Oh, y'all not with me, okay. All right. All right. In the dating process, in the dating process, as a Christian, now I'm speaking just about Christianity, not just Christian. In the dating process, your purpose for dating. <clears throat> Your purpose for dating is to see if there's someone who is compatible with you based upon their compatibility with the Lord. That's all it is. That you just, you just seeing if there is somebody like that. You have no commitment to them. You're not giving your body over to them. You're not getting... I'm saying it's just a casual thing. There is nothing serious nor intimate about it. Oh, am I talking to myself again, brother? There is no commitment. You don't have to give yourself over to that person. This is just let's get to know each other. That's all dating is. Getting to know each other. The problem is, is when you try to apply the things of marriage to dating, you've got your, all right, all right, all right. All right. So in the dating process, the dating is just to get to know if that person could have a possibility. It's a possibility. I, in the dating process, me and my wife, I was saying, hmm, she looks good. <laughs> I wonder if she's going to be good for me. I told her, I said, I told her in our dating process, as I said to her as things got serious, I says, I'm going to need you. I'm going to need you. And I wasn't talking about physically either. I'm going to need you to help me to be what I need to be. Because you know why? I saw in her Jesus. And I said, somebody that committed to Jesus, I want them in my life. Because I need somebody to help me. Because, you know, if I tell the truth, I, there are times I couldn't help myself. That's your dating process. And then now from dating, we go into courtship. See, courtship says, okay, courtship goes beyond the dating process. So dating says, I'm looking. Courtship says, I'm honing in on somebody. <laughs> All right? I'm trying to help you out, sir. Listen. <laughs> uh, you're dating around. You're seeing all these nice sisters in the Lord. All right? Amen. All these nice sisters in the Lord, they, they can string two sentences together. They, 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 are, they, 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 they talk good and they, they know how to carry themselves. Mm -hmm. All right? They, they, they are in service every Sunday. They even here before you are. They, they love the Lord. They, read, they even carry a Bible with them. They are serious about this thing called Christianity. And, and so you, you, you dating some of these ladies here. I'm blowing your spot in. Okay. Um, uh, you, 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 you are saying in the day, you know, I, I, she looks good. She looks good. I, I, I'm going to get to know her. So, but now that, all, now that you come to a point of saying, okay, now you're the one I want. Now you start courting. Courting, okay. And in the courting process, in the courting process, you are telling these other ladies that y'all going about your business. Y'all do what y'all got to do. It's nice knowing you. But my mind is, is kind of leaning toward her. Huh? It's leaning toward. Now, keep in mind that him, he is, he's, he's keeping the Lord in the dating. In the, in the courtship process, he's making sure that he's keeping the Lord in it. 
and he's making sure now, and he's really investigating her and saying, listen, I really want to know more about your relationship with the Lord. You see, folks don't talk like that much anymore, do they? They really don't. Because it's all about, see, it's all about jumping in the, okay, all right. Okay, I'll leave it alone. Dating to courtship. You coating now, you coating, okay? And you coating and you got this particular, and now everybody's starting to notice something. Here's the thing. They're noticing now, not every eye is on you and her, but more so on you. Why? Because there's not many of y'all left. You're making women folk jealous. You're making women folks jealous at the other girl. So now you are in a double jeopardy. You have to keep yourself together and keep them at bay. Because all of a sudden, you are a catch. Somebody's now interested in you. See, this is called psychological spiritual warfare. Oh, come on, anybody? I'm talking to myself now, ain't I, right? I'm just talking to myself, right? I'm just talking to myself, right? Okay, all right, let's look at this thing. So when the courtship process now, you're really tightening things up, but you're keeping the Lord at the center. Even in this process, there is no, you are going to go, but so far you're going to respect her. Why? Because she's your sister. She's your sister. Paul told Timothy, treat the older woman as mothers and younger as sisters. They got quiet on me. Y'all got quiet on me. So he's treating her as a sister in Christ Jesus. And as a sister in Christ Jesus, he's not going to do her wrong. Y'all get, they getting quiet and quiet as I go on, brother. So we got from the dating, the courtship, Jesus is in the center. Now we're getting into the engagement. Now you done told those other ladies, back off. Back off. I have finally settled on Miss Wright. And she's everything that I've been looking for. She loves the Lord. She even likes me. <laughs> she is one who puts up with me. Because now you've had times together away from everybody else. And check this out. You've kept the Lord in the midst in the whole process. You're not one thing at church and another thing away from church. Huh? The same person she sees sitting up in here is the same person she sees out there. All right? You're going to be the same way. Y'all have times where you pray together. Y'all go to meals together, and guess what? You break out into prayer because that's who you are. All right? Sometimes in this process, we lose sight of God just trying to get at a person. Or shall I say get to a person? And we're more interested in satisfying the person than God. And so that's the reason why we are beginning the process of failure when it comes to allowing God's glue to stick us. So we're going from the dating to the courtship and the engagement. And after this point here, you are saying to your father, Daddy, I have found Miss Wright. I have found the woman of my dreams. I have found the one who's your daughter-in-law. I have found the one who's, a, a, who's going to be the addition to our family. I have found the one for whom mama can be proud of. I have found the young lady for which I want my kids to be their mother. I have found, oh, y'all not with me yet. I have found the one that's going to help me to go to heaven. I have found the one who is spiritually like me. As a matter of fact, she's more so. So she's going to keep me in together. I have found her. I have found her. And you ladies, you found Mr. Wright. He is not only tall, dark, and handsome, but he got a head on his shoulders. He knows how to string three sentences together. <laughs> he, he, he smells good, looks good, knows how to handle himself. He's a brother in the church that don't take no mess. He's not trying to run after every skirt around, but he's going to respect every woman that comes around. I have found Mr. Wright. And all you lady folks, I'm sorry, but I got him. 
<laughs> There's an engagement. Everybody knows you're serious now. And if we are the people that we are supposed to be, we're going to encourage you to maintain a relationship in the Lord. And then we got marriage. Daddy is standing before the audience. Now, here's the thing. Up to this point here of marriage, what we're doing is we're making sure that all the I's have been dotted. All the T's have been crossed and that Jesus is the center and the circumference of this relationship. It's all about Jesus because we're going to need Jesus because as time goes on, brother, let me tell you something. You're not going to always act right. And she's going to need Jesus to keep her straight. <laughs> you kept Jesus in it for better, for worse. For richer, for poor, in sickness and in health, until death do you part. That's the commitment. Because you're depending upon the glue. So if you are remaining faithful to the Lord, she is remaining faithful to the Lord, y'all going to be faithful to each other. You're going to be faithful to each other. So we have the process here. Now, in the process here, an individual's faith, a life of faith, is exposed. You're going to be exposed for who you really are. Because the more she gets to know you, the more she gets to see who you really are. If you're not a Christian as you're supposed to be, it's going to be seen in the process. I'm not going to be surprised at the marriage. I'm not going to be surprised at the wedding for who you really are because now I have seen you because I have opened myself up to the reality of who I am in the process. So because what happens is when, when marriage comes along, all of a sudden we wake up the next day and all of a sudden, who did I marry? Who is the world is this that I married? Huh? Oh, no, you're okay. And so what we have here then during this whole process, I have been able to show her the reality of who I am. Huh? There's nothing, no secrets about it. So what we see then, when this happens, it is demonstrated in this. Everything. So when, I, when we marry, so when you marry that young lady and stand before the people and say, I do, you saying not only I do to that person, you saying, God, I do. God, I do. And you have made a commitment to God. And check this out. God is going to hold you to it. Because you're not going to play with God. You're not going to play with God. And God is not going to allow himself to be played with. He's not going to let that happen. So in the process of this, so then what we have here, what the question then when it comes to all of this, the glue that holds it, what do you need? What does she need from you? She needs for you, Brother Sebastian, to be the best you can be. All right? Here it is. She needs for you to have a personal relationship with God. Every Christian needs for the person that they want to marry to have a personal relationship with God that goes beyond Sunday. Let me say it again. They need to have you to have a personal relationship with God that goes beyond Sunday. Now, here's something about the personal relationship with God. A personal relationship with God is an umbrella, really. It's an umbrella to a whole lot of things. Because if I have a personal relationship with God, there will be faith. There will be love. I'm going to know how to love a person. And love goes beyond the flesh. I'm going to know how to trust because I have learned in, in Christ Jesus what it means to trust. I will learn how to commit because my first commitment is to the Lord. And if I commit myself to the Lord, then everything else falls right into place. I'm going to learn how to have companionship. Why? Because my first companionship is with the Lord. And that has to be real. And if I'm going to be real with the Lord, I'm going to be real with you. 
okay? I'm going to know how to honor you because I first honored God. I'm going to know what it means to be kind because God has instilled within me kindness. And if I'm kind when it comes to God, I'm going to be kind to the person that I want to marry. If, I'm, if I have a relationship with God, I will know what it's like to forgive somebody because I know what the Lord has done for me in forgiving me of all my sins. So it's not going to be a problem for you to forgive somebody when you know how. See, don't you know that you do more to the Lord in one day than you could ever do to anybody in a lifetime? So if God has forgiven you, the Bible says in Ephesians 4 and verse 32, be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake has forgiven you. So in Christ Jesus, you know what it's like to forgive somebody. See, you don't have to worry about then going to bed angry with each other because you'll learn the art of forgiving. You'll learn the art of saying, baby, it's all right. I know we messed up. I done messed up. Can you forgive me? She said, yeah, because I know you. All right, man. Uh, you, <laughs> God forgive you. I sure can I. All right. This is what happens. So that, that avenue of forgiveness is there. And, that, and when it comes to uh, having faith in God, I'll know how to communicate. Com- learn, how to, see, learn how to communicate what you actually feel, not what the person wants to hear. Let me say again, learn to communicate what you actually feels, not what the person wants to hear. Why? Because eventually what you really feel is going to come out. Let the heat rise a little bit. Let the pressures come in a little bit. She's going to know exactly or he's going to know exactly where you're coming from. And she's going to look at, well, I didn't know you were like that. He was like that all alone. You just didn't pay attention to it. Huh? That's why I say all the glue in marriage takes place in the, day, in the process. Yeah. It takes place. And the marriage is only that which substantiates what took place in the process. If you're a Christian, if you have a personal relationship with God, you know how to deal in truth and not falsehoods. Because you can't play with God in the sense of being a hypocrite. God sees you as you really are. Let me tell you something. What happens in relationships, we sometimes, in, in trying to get somebody, to try to get close to somebody, we become somebody that we really are not. Huh? And, and, and what happens, here's the, dangers with, here's the danger with that. When you try to, when you're with somebody that you, and you act like something you're really not, what they fall in love with is not you. They're really not falling in love with you. They're falling in love with what you portray. Why are you going to do somebody harm like that? Why are you doing somebody harm? Let them see who you really are. All right? Let me tell you something about learning life, Brother David. She's looking at me. What, what I find, it's easy to be honest when you're real. She has called me on the carpet. Yeah, I'm talking about myself now. She's called me on the carpet. She said, Carl, I thought you didn't communicate. You weren't communicating what you're feeling. Because, see, black brothers, we're not taught to. (sighs) We're not taught to express. We're taught man up. And please don't cry. This is black folk here, okay? Black folk are taught that. Man up. Don't express yourself. Be a man, whatever that is. Sisters wasn't trained that way. So when it comes down to it, we have a hard time communicating. We have a hard time expressing how I feel. Freddie tells me all the time, Carlton, you don't really tell me what you really think, do you? You're really not expressing. I want you to, see, women have this thing about, they want to talk. (laughs) I want to talk. 
can't we, man, you don't want, brother said, I don't want to talk, I want to look at my show, I want to do this. <laughs> they'll sit there, they'll sit there like a, like, like a, like a mouse, like a, a cat looking at a mouse. Can we just talk? <laughs> I don't want to talk right now. If we talk, that means I got to express myself. I don't even know how to do that. So you tell me to do all these different things. In Christ Jesus, we learn how to talk to God. We learn how to be open with God. We learn how to present ourselves truthfully with God. And if I can do that with God, I can do that with you. And here's the thing. If you don't like what you see, you can always move on. And a brother who tell the single brother who, who bees what he is, is not losing anything. And you have gained a whole lot. If nothing else, experience. <laughs> In Christ Jesus, we learn, we have an emotional connectedness. In other words, I learn how to deal with my emotions in the proper and white way. I'm, I'm not going to be mad at you and put holes in the wall. Okay. I'm not going to be mad at you and want to smack you. I'm not going to be mad at you and want to play any kind of hand on you other than in love. All right? See, I will learn how to control my emotions if I'm truly what God wants me to be. See, when you expose yourself to God, you learn how to really become. Well, and see, check this out. As a single person, if I'm doing all of this, when a person gets me, they got something. All that in a bag of chips, you know, you, all of that, you know. Yeah, you can walk around and stretch your stuff, man. Amen. Not because of who you are, because of who God is. God don't make junk. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And as an etcetera, you put what you put the such like there, okay? Huh? This is what God has done for you. And when I am what I need to be, I have something to offer. And if I have something to offer. That's glue that will hold the both of us together. And so God in his wisdom says what God has put together. And these people who belong to God are those who have a relationship with God. And God who brings two people who have a relationship with him together, what God has glued together. Don't let any man come in between you and separate you. See, one of the things about this is, uh, uh, my wife and I talk about a lot of times, when it comes to, if we have difficulties in our lives and in, in, in our marriage, I'm not going to go to, a, as, as married people, I'm not going to go to a person whose marriage is no good for advice. I'm not even going to go to a single person for advice. You know why? Because you, uh, it's like anything else. Unless you're in it, you don't know what it's about. You just don't know what it's about. And so we, so we, we for Dean and I, is constantly trying to maintain this glue. As a matter of fact, brother, I'm, I'm in trouble already. And I'll tell you the reason why. Because, see, when, after the last lesson, my wife told me we need to talk. <laughs> I'm afraid now. Right now, but you see the beauty of God, huh? Do you see the beauty of God when it comes to really being what God wants you to be? Like I said, ain't nobody here but us speaking tongues, you see. And so, this is what we talk about when we talk about the glue that holds the relationship together. God is the center and the surrounding circumference of everything that we do. Let's keep our marriages together, let's keep them together for your sake for the sake of the church, for the sake of your home, for the sake of this world. Let's keep our marriage together. God bless you. I might know, I want to know today. That's less. That's all I got for you. I want to know today. I want to know today. This lesson was designed to, to express 
what God can do with regard to marriage. But as I said before, when it comes to marriage, when you look over there in Ephesians 5, when Paul was talking about marriage and he talked about um, how husband and wife to go be together and how Christ is the head of the church and all this other stuff, he was trying to say this, listen, y'all think I'm talking about marriage, but I am talking about Christ and his church. And because of that, I, I want to illustrate it by marriage. So it's important then that our marriages be together because that's a, that's a model of what the church is in her relationship to Christ. We are the bride. We are the bride of Christ. And so we need to maintain that relationship with our husband, Jesus, in order that we might be, be and become what God wants us to be. It might be somebody here today that is not a Christian, not a follower of Jesus Christ. Let me tell you something. God loves you. God loves you in a way that we really cannot understand. But God still loves you. God loves you so much that he knows everything about you. I mean everything and still says, I love you. You can't even get your best friend to do that. But God knows everything about you and says, I love you. That means if he says, I love you, that means he knows the good, the bad, and the ugly about you and says, I love you. I love you so much that I did something for you that you couldn't do for yourself. And that is provide a way for you to have a relationship with me. He did it through Jesus Christ. Our response to what he has done for us in Jesus Christ comes by hearing what he's done. Okay? You, can't, you, cannot, you cannot apply yourself to anything that you have not heard. So through hearing what God has done, we begin to learn about what love God has. You know that famous verse we all mentioned, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. We need to believe in our heart of heart those things which God has done. I'm, calling, I'm, talking, I'm really believing. I mean, believe it to the point that you will even stake your life on it. I believe that Jesus and what Jesus did for me I need to repent of my sins because that's the reason why Jesus came in the first place. He came because of my situation, my condition. I need to repent of my sin, change my mind about how I've lived in my life and, and, and have the mindset of becoming what God wants me to be. I need to confess the fact that Jesus Christ is the Son of God because he's God's answer to my sin problem. He is God's answer. And in the process, I need to be washed up because I need to be in a situation where I can face a holy God. You have to be cleansed, whereby I can worship a holy God. God don't have anybody worship him who's not clean. So we have to get washed up for the forgiveness of our sins. That puts us in a relationship with God. That causes us to be able to say, yes, it's all right with my soul because now I am in a relationship. God is my Father. The Holy Spirit is my God. I have the Word as my source of material that I can go to. And Jesus is my elder brother. I'm now in the body of Christ. And guess what? I got now a whole lot of mommies, a whole lot of daddies, a whole lot of brothers, a whole lot of sisters. I'm now in a family. And this is what God says that we are. We are a family. You see, if the physical family is not all right, guess what? The spiritual family is going to have a lot of problems. <coughs> Marriage is one of those areas that if we keep that together, then everything else has a way of being together in the process. I don't know what your need is, but you do. You might need somebody today 
to pray for you. Just pray for you because you know what? All of us get in a position whereby we can't pray for ourselves. And we need somebody to pray for us. If you need somebody to pray for you, we got brothers here that'll pray for you. Sisters here that'll pray for you. Do not sit in the situation that you're in because there is help. Mm 